0: It is a damn good day to have a damn good day. We're live, we're back, the damn good day show, the one and only Chuck Wright. You're here, it's happening, started in an Instagram DM and you're here brother, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me my dude. This is exciting. I remember when I first came across your Instagram post and I see, it was like through the explore page and there's this dude with an airplane propeller. It's strapped to his back with a giant umbrella sorts of thing. <laughs> and it's just pushing him and you're, and you're actually flying. Yeah. And I think I've never seen this before. I've never seen anyone doing it. And you just have this big old smile on your face. I'm like, this guy's gnarly.
1: It was a good time, man. That's, that's wild that you came across it the way you did.
0: I did. And I, I thought, wow, you have to clearly have a, a knack for adrenaline and trying new things in life if you're going to ever try that it was crazy And, and obviously you know we started talking and i continue to follow your stuff and you're way more than all of that thing and for all the audience for listening for the first time i mean if you check out chuck's instagram you'll see you're into the weightlifting, the health and wellness the fitness the extreme sports and when i say extreme sports we're talking the extremes of the extremes and it's just absolutely fascinating so without anything thank you for entertaining me sky all of us thank you for coming on the show i'm excited to dive into this i'm happy i provided some sort of entertainment for you guys and welcome to miami yeah no
1: this is where i was born and raised so we're, we're in miami coral gables that's such a nice area yeah it was yeah when i was growing up in it, lived there for 10 years michigan for the last 16 back in florida now as of a year two weeks ago
0: coral gables has the most epic trees dude
1: the growing over the road like feels like you're going through it. it's sick it's i don't know so what they're sick. called but they're
0: sick so sick yeah it's like a tunnel it's a vortex of tree beard from lord of the rings just straight <laughs> the coolest trees and it's a, and you're in michigan No, no you were i in was michigan. in
1: michigan for 16 years uh in Gro- on Grozio, which is a little island right between amethystbury canada and basically obviously the u.s but you're a little island with two bridges that you go on and off what brought you there Uh, my mom had a little bit of family up there and I guess it was more or less a better way of life at the time living in Coral Gables as nice as it is, there's still crime like anywhere in Miami. So at that given point in time, they thought it'd be a lot safer for us to be able to actually leave our front porch. And to do that, they decided to go to a neighborhood up in Michigan to do so. So that's, we had a little bit of family up there. So that was the the better place. So you did winters though? Oh, winters? Yeah. I love, love Love. snowboarding, obsessed out West, all that. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. This
0: guy's obsessed with snowboarding too. It's something to be obsessed it's, about. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough season for me. First time in Florida during the winter. And there's so. no rock climbing either in Florida. We'll see what happens? But but that's the negatives of Florida. There's no no elevation. There's no uh, elevation. Yeah. But the upsides are so much outweigh it for me, thousand percent. If you want to go practice an extreme sport and go snowboarding, then just jump on a plane and go to Colorado for That's like exactly a week or two. exactly what
1: I said when moving down here. I'm like, if I need to go west, I'm just going to go out west.
0: Enjoy the no income tax. Take that extra money you're making on plane tickets and you're good to go. It's huge, huge. Yep. It goes a long way. It does. It's, it's Notice that. A thousand percent, especially now that you can work remote mm-hmm. anywhere. You can work for any company in almost every field and earn a paycheck. So why not do it from a, a place with no income Just have tax. a license in Florida. You can be in Utah and have a license in Florida, but you have to live here more than six months out of the year, that's it. So I know you do a lot of really fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Number one, you sell jets, which is really interesting as well. It's a fun one, yeah. That's a fun one. There's a lot of, I have a couple of friends that are in the real estate game, the laser game, the solar game, and I've, I have no friends that just straight up sell and buy and sell jets.
1: Yeah, it's, it's sick. Um, I got into it kind of an interesting way. It was more or less a family friend. Uh, went down there, interviewed last um, August, not this, 2021 of August, and basically did a little shadow day. And he's like, this is what it's like. What do you think? And I'm like, I love it. It's sick. I'm down. Um, went back to Michigan. And then he messages me like two weeks later. He's like, if you want to do this, you got to make a move like in the next two, three weeks. And I'm like, okay, been in Michigan 16 years. I am just going to rid all of my friends up here and just solo dolo go down here i'm like okay so ended up working out me and my roommate he's does commercial refrigeration he ended up down here as well found a house and next thing you know it was a tough three four first months but it paid off towards like the seven month mark it really started to pay off and show its colors it's
0: hard it's very hard but it's very rewarding but in terms of just the the process of buying and selling a jet what makes a good salesperson and a bad salesperson in that world a people
1: person being transparent same with honesty, honesty and transparent kind of go hand in hand. And then being able to talk, obviously, if you can't have a conversation with someone, know your details, know how a contract works and know a little bit about law as well to not get someone screwed. That's, that's a lot of just buying and selling jets right there. And then also knowing like t- tax breaks, things of that sort, use it to their advantage, give them reasons for other, I mean, there's so many planes, just like there's so many cars, but it's, the the is for these guys, it's not a fun toy. It's a business tool. And obviously sometimes it's a showboaty thing for some people, or it's just for fun for some of the guys, but generally it's a business tool. It's a write-off. It's uh, I need to get here fast. I don't want to deal with other people. I don't want to be in the airport, you know, things of that sort. And, um, I think I answered the question on that. Yeah, kind no, of. you crushed it. So basically
0: yeah. you're dealing with the clientele that knows what they want, or at some level, they know that they're trying to achieve a goal. Ideally, you can make it easy for them in a trustworthy way where they can not have to keep looking. It even comes to shopping for anything. We all want to deal with someone who makes things easy for us. That makes us feel like we're getting a good deal, like we're dealing with someone who's honest and that answers and solves all of our questions, right? That's a problem solver. Yep. Those are it seems like the best salespeople, people that just solve problems. They just don't have time to do it. They, they will never put the time into
1: it. It's rather just, hey, find me this. I'll pay you this. Go ahead and let's close the deal. And then when it comes time to sell it again, I'll list with you. You sell it, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. So it's sick. It's fun. Um,
0: I love meeting the people. It's really, really cool. The jet sailing and the jet selling. I mean, you do all sorts of... of- flying in him. and that must be a great sort of uh icebreaker for some it is kinds.
1: it is some of them look at i mean a lot of, like i said the business aspect let's call it like 50 50 to 55 percent business the rest of it's for people just for transportation, for their families it's fun whatever the case may be those guys love it the business guys don't give a crap about it they don't give a rat's ass oh you flew a fly perimeter i don't even know what the hell, some of them are like what the hell even is that yeah so they don't really know it's more or less for like the extremists the people that are like grew up as enthusiasts and s- stuff of that nature so can you tell me about what that entire sport is? Paramotoring?
0: Yeah, paramotoring.
1: That's what it's called, paramotoring. Yep, paramotoring. So you got paragliding, hand gliding, and paramotoring. Paramotoring, you have a wing above your head, just like paragliding. But the difference is you have a fan behind your back and obviously a seat below you. Little two-stroke engines. Now they're finally getting into fuel-injected two-strokes, which they've been on around in snowmobiles and dirt bikes now for like four or five years. So now they're moving into smaller little platforms. So 185 ct two-strokes, about 28 horsepower and um you can go about this is the biggest question i'm gonna ask how far can you go on a paramotor paramotor depends on the wing weight of the person weight of the setup so typically you can go no matter what wind conditions at least 60 miles and if you got ideal wind conditions and speed bar out you could probably go around 120 150 depending on how much fuel you carry but some people have gone 250 220 miles on a single tank with a little bladder in front of you so that kind of gives you the gist of how far you can go and so you obviously have a fuel gauge right in front of you Mm-mm. that's showing you or you nope. just kind of know? So when you're sitting in your seat, you have the tank that's strapped right behind you, below you. Take out a little mirror and you kind of just look and see where you're level at. Most fuel tanks are like 9 to 10 liters. That'll give you a good three, three and a half hours of flying. Which is a long time more than most people ever really tend to go up. You never go through a full tank. If you're in this game, you're in any of those games, you know the risk and the rewards eh, sometimes once you get more acclimated to it. But the first time you get into a sport like this, you're like, holy shit. Did you learn from someone or did you just see self-taught. a video? So everyone asks this. I learned, I found out about it through YouTube. Um, Spent about a good no joke, 100 hours on YouTube. When when people say that, they tend to exaggerate. But I legit spent about 100 hours watching other instructional videos on people that were actual instructors on how to fly or how they fly because you're not supposed to teach through YouTube. So they explain how they do it. And um, I did read a little bit up on it. I read a lot of the rules, everything of that sort. And then I just started kiting in a field with just a regular harness, not the motor, none of that stuff, and got the feeling what it was like for about an hour or two. Most people spend 20 hours kiting. I spent two. And then I was like, one day I grabbed my sister. I'm like, I'm going to go fly today. Let's go try it. Let's just see how it works. So I'm like, I've watched enough videos. We go out to the field, get my gear all set up. I'm acting like I'm pre-flighting my gear. Like I know what the hell I'm looking at, which right now I'm like, I have no idea. Like I kind of, I know motors really well. I'm mechanically inclined, but I'm like, yep, props on there. Everything's tight. Looks good to go. Fuel's it's running. Awesome. Cool. Strap it on. I think I have everything hooked up correctly, which I should. Everything was secure. Put the wing up. Like I watched in the YouTube videos, got the wing to come up, started running, gave it full throttle. And kept running, running, running until I came off the ground, and I got off the ground, and an immediate thought was, I have to f and land. I'm like, how do I get down? Because <laughs> I'm like, I've been in, I've skydove before with an with an instructor attached to me, so I didn't have to to land. But I'm like, I have to get down from up here. And I've watched the videos, but I've never been able to practice because I've never left the ground yet. So that was. That was, that was fun. I uh, landed
0: on my feet, but it was it was hard. What is the process of landing? Do you slow down the motor and it just kind of...
1: Nah, so so motor... Here, let's explain the motor. The motor's irrelevant. I mean, it, it gets you off the ground. That's it. That's all it does. It gets you off the ground. It makes you climb. It doesn't make you go faster forward. So people are like, you put a bigger motor. Does it make you go faster forward speed? I'm like, no, nothing. The motor just simply allows you to climb. The more throttle, the more up you go. The less throttle, the more down you go. So you find your little middle point and... Um, Motor just gets you off the ground. Um, if you're at like, let's say, five thousand feet, you can kill the motor and come all the way to the ground. You just now you're paragliding. So the second you kill the motor, you're just paragliding now. That's it. So you take take off your helmet. You don't need the earmuffs. The motor's not running, and then it's just paragliding from however high you are. It's chill. It's just paragliding. Yeah, just paragliding. It's a giant parachute. Yep. It just underneath the canopy again, and that's why I like it more than skydiving. Because skydiving you have to rely on the parachute to open. Paragliding or motoring, it's inflated and it's already above your head and you have a reserve if you need it there is a reserve if you choose to put one on there yeah yeah
0: yeah i haven't it's like it's yeah. like the idea of using an octopus when you scuba dive it's up to you if you want to have one yeah yeah exactly yeah so
1: that's it's fun though man damn that's crazy yeah, you could do it tandem as well, paramotoring. Well, so. you mentioned
0: that, so hopefully in the future we can do you a podcast. You could do a mini podcast live. up in the air. We got the, road, the jo- lab mics now.
1: Joe Rogan said that when he talked about that video, so there's like a little two-minute quote between, or two-minute little whatever thing with Joe Rogan and Jim Gaffigan, which I don't even know who he was until I watched their podcast. And he goes, oh, look, he's just doing a podcast in Stace. Man, that's just a podcast. And I'm like, hmm. And I thought about you. I'm like, first one to do a podcast in the air. No
0: one's done it yet, ever. So there you go. Everyone should remember this and timestamp it as this is the time that it's gonna happen. It's going down. You're gonna
1: see both of us in the air. We're gonna probably be six, seven thousand feet above the ground, no helmets on, just mic set up and just talking floating down over the ocean. Probably around the Sarasota area. Yeah, I'm just gonna be He's gonna be stoked. He's gonna love in it. Pants, but
0: it'll be fun past that part. <laughs> and he can have his tea up there and he can drink it while while we're, while we're cruising. So. That's gonna be a vibe. But that's what you know, this is that's what the next year is all about. It's all about doing extreme shit. It's about l- doing everything that living life to the fullest we got the ice bath going on we're doing the saunas are you into bungee jumping i haven't got to do it
1: yet i'm gonna do it but i haven't just haven't done it yet once again
0: see. flat where are the bridge is at here i just don't <laughs> see the allure in bungee jumping yeah. But
1: skydiving seems sick it's got it you haven't done it no oh, gosh bless it man dude you got it we're gonna take you out of this office we're gonna knock out two birds one stone in the same day i'm down same good. day Get you comfortable with the heights with skydiving and then you're like all right cool i, I do
0: love it- the water though scuba diving i love spearfishing like, well all i free dive
1: that. non-stop dude so i mean free dive scuba dive all
0: that stuff free diving's the best yeah so you ever go to the springs up north i haven't been we only go to pompano really pompano beach because my friends got a little boat there so okay. I, unless we're just going off the shore in miami which is typically you're not seeing much
1: beaufort spring an hour from my house it goes all the way down to 165 foot and you have light all the way to 130 it's a natural spring so you have about 100 foot of visibility. So you
0: grew up in coral. Like, were you doing it back then? No, or,
1: I didn't start doing it until about three years ago.
0: What prompted you? YouTube. YouTube? Yeah,
1: YouTube and some other... Uh, I, we grew up in the lake on, lake, on Lake Erie, right there in the Detroit River kind of area. And we'd always go out on the boat like every weekend. And me and my buddy Robert have always been really into diving. Or like the idea of swimming down. And we're just like, dude, we should get into free diving. And you we start watching YouTube videos. Did you
0: practice breath holds and do any of that yeah. stuff? Yeah. So you, you really purposefully...
1: Yeah. Like my longest breath
0: hold was like four minutes and 25 seconds. So what's that routine look like? Do you still do it today? or is it? I of- haven't done
1: it in a while. I haven't held myself accountable like I should. I just haven't been able to practice work because honestly, it's not an excuse, but the job has really taken a lot from me.
0: Yeah. You could turn any of these things into some level of, of career income, all sorts of opportunities. If
1: I were to fully commit to any of these, yeah. But yeah, soccer was my thing. I played soccer for 16 years. No you one have really a YouTube knows. channel, right? Yeah my name, Chucky e. Wright. Chucky e. Wright. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. You give. I, I believe strongly that almost anyone, depending on your level of talent or IQ, whatever, the, whatever you want to call it, your gift that you have, you put three years nonstop. All you do is constantly think about that. You can go pro or be the most proficient at that. Whatever it is, whatever you want to do. I think three years, two and a half, three years, depending on how much time you put in something, you could be the greatest at it or one of the greatest.
0: I mean, just seeing what you're doing. and I know you sell jets, which is by fact so freaking awesome. But I see you as this biohacking extraordinaire entrepreneur that could create such a massive impact in the world just being you, because you're so authentic. Um, health is wealth. Money comes second to
1: fitness to me, and it's interesting. Care of
0: yourself. It's interesting how you really need to. It's worth paying money for a personal trainer, regardless how big or jacked you are. Mm-hmm. For the coaching, because it's you can put up heavy weight, but if you're doing it wrong, you're just injuring yourself and making it worse.
1: Exactly. I mean, ego lifting has been out the window for me for about eight years now. I, I see nothing of it, but just look how strong I am. Look how incorrectly I'm doing something. Little do they not know that they're doing it incorrectly. But they they learn down the road when they have issues. Chiropractor seems to be their best friend, thinking that that's the only solution. When in reality, yes, there's there's benefits to that kind of stuff as well. But I don't want to go too deep into that. But and and even having a trainer is how educated is that trainer? Did they just get a signed off paper saying, Oh, you're a personal trainer. Like there's so many things mechanically wrong with today and how people move. And it's, it's unfortunate, but social media kind of blesses and destroys depending on what you're retaining and who you believe in. Obviously people have biased opinions, but mechanically you go back hundreds of years and you see that the, the deep squat is the most like uh, natural position for anyone to sit in. Like we would never be sitting in a chair like this. We'd be literally standing in like the deepest squat and that's how everyone sat. The average human being can't even do that. So it's you mentioned
0: chiropractic being a little like, what were your thoughts there?
1: Chiropractic. I haven't, I've been to them. Um, I think for certain people that might have issues or something of that sort are really, really beneficial. I know there's some real legit chiropractors out there that know what the hell they're doing. And I think other ones just kind of get a degree. They get out there and they just start, you know, people are like, Oh, my neck cracked. It feels super good. My back feels aligned. lot. I just feel better. Like it's that fake sense of, I feel good. And then there's some people that actually really benefit from
0: it. I agree. I had this whole freaking ordeal in my life where I had a um, really, really bad sciatica pain for two plus years. It sucked. It was terrible. Couldn't sleep. Was just constantly, you know, in, in extreme pain. And when I had an MRI on my lower back, they found a six millimeter disc bulge, in my L1 L- uh, S5. And basically at that point, y- they assume that's the reason, like it's a pinched nerve or something. So mm-hmm. I did a full year of back stuff and it never got better. Turned out I actually had a tumor which was non-cancerous, thank God, but it was in my femur. And they said they've never even seen it before. But it was creating the same type of problems that would be shown if you had a pinched nerve or a slipped disc or anything like that. Yeah. But I learned so much about that because I had to go through three or four different chiropractors throughout that whole process. One thing that I found really fascinating when I moved to South Florida when I met my buddy Josh um, Levine, who was also on the podcast, is they practiced a, a type of, of chiropractic called NUKA. Are you familiar with NUCCA? N-U-C-C-A. Basically, it has to do with the aligning of the neck, like where it enters the spine. And some of the stories that he told me are just absolutely unbelievable. He'll touch you like this much, like barely touch your neck, and you'll see that you'll become straighter just because of like the simple adjusting of like a a bone in your neck. And it requires a bunch of x-rays to do it. So most people don't do it because it's a lot more work from the chiropractic standpoint. Yeah, But that... That form of chiropractic, I believe, 100 percent. I don't believe, like you mentioned, when you go in, and you just crack, crack, crack. It's really satisfying. Right. It's like ASMR. But I don't think just in my experience, and my research, it's a weird field to sum that up. I mean, chiropractor
1: for me, um, I started gymnastics like five years ago, did it for like a year just just to try it out and have fun learning how to flip and do all that crazy stuff. I ended up having, before that, though, four herni like, kind of similar to you, except I didn't have a tumor, thank God, unfortunately for you. Thank you, you're good. Um, L1 through L4 herniated, and then my thoracic, I had I had three, I don't know which ones they were. I had three of them, and then I had three cracked discs in my neck. So there's, there's my whole spine. I had issues for, like, three years, dude, two years. I went to the chiropractor all the time, assuming, oh, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, did traction, they did the traction with the table, they put my neck in the thing, pulled my neck for, like, 20 minutes, and held it there to let the vertebrae separate and allow Um, spinal decompression, uh, spinal decompression, but allowing the fluid for the disc to kind of refill itself, which is not really a a super natural way of doing it. As you get older, it doesn't really want to try to, it just doesn't. Once you lose all your fluid out of your disc, it's very hard unless you do stem cell therapy to get any kind of fluid back. So anyways, long story short. Um, this guy that runs squat university out of, I think it's Minneapolis. I went to visit him and it changed. I mean, you have always that one person that changed your life. I literally learned the correct technique, the dynamics for everything. Find out I had a really bad hip impingement as well. I did have all the disc issues, but regardless of that, the hip impingement was really causing my lower back pain. So you can live with the disc stuff, but I found, you know, you find out what was actually going wrong and where the problem was. And that's why the, cause that weight used to be a huge issue for me. Like I couldn't even squat like 225 just cause of the pain. None of it before i squat i do probably 10 minutes worth of warm up to get the certain muscles and uh my 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 side laterals uh warm and my core warmer and warming up my knees as well and then just doing some like hip mobility stuff with some holds at certain angles certain movements depends on if you have you know an external rotation that's limited or an internal rotation that's limited that's typically a problem for people that have back pain when they squat is a hip hip impingement which is which is huge and i didn't know that for freaking years so Yeah, had a lot of people lifting out there that don't realize that they like, I got back pain, I got back. It's like, it's always caused from something else. Typically, you might have a herniated disc, but that's not going to be the the main root of what's really causing everything. Honestly, shoulder wise though, I had a, I had a small labrum tear. I don't know if you have like stinging pain when you do like bench press and stuff like that, or overhead press with shoulder or something of that sort. All I know is overhead press and doing linear progression. The way strength training to me overall is, is every single session you come in, whether it's deadlift or squat, Three sets of five, you go up by five pounds, and you continue to progress until either you can't or your form starts to suffice, and you pull it back and restart the process. At you a little say bit three lower. sets of five every time. Three sets weight. of five. No, uh, so if you start off at 300, next session's 305, next session's 310, next session's 315. You go up five pounds every time, three sets of five, and you do like a warm-up set with whatever. But that's what I that's what I did. I worked my way up all the way to like 530 was my most for two reps. So that's linear progression is super important. People are like, oh, I think I, today I can throw on another 40 pounds and be good doing that. It's like, no, it's not how that works. I mean, for, for getting stronger now, if you want to like look more ripped, more lean, whatever the case have been, yes, hypertrophy to muscle at the same time, like start off your workout with intensity with weight, because at the end of a workout, you're not going to have the same strength you were at the beginning. So do all your strength stuff at the beginning and then go ahead and do your t- five sets of 12 or your five sets of 10, whatever you want to go do with whatever movements you want to go do. And yes, go ahead and get lean, go put, build up, go break down the muscle fibers, go do it, all that stuff. That's fine. But <laughs> I mean, strength that comes first to me, then looking good comes second.
0: Have yes. you ever went through a phase where you just wanted to get chiseled?
1: Yeah, I did. I did three physique shows. I've been in the fitness industry for like 12 years. Amazing. So I, I know a little bit, yeah.
0: So you did personal training as well?
1: No, I never, I've never. i been asked hundreds of times, but I never wanted to go that route because I always felt, I even myself am not educated enough to tell someone. I know I could definitely coach someone better than a quarter of the personal trainers out there, but- I just never got the piece of paper and I never I never had the
0: time to go do you it. You got into the gymnastics thing, that's pretty cool. So yeah, just like, I want to do flips. I wanted to do tricking. There's so many good people in this world that you haven't met yet. Something oh, that just God. motivates me every day.
1: You're never gonna meet them all, but you can meet as many as you possibly can, right? For sure.
0: And like, I, just hanging out with you, I can know immediately that I'm gonna probably have some of the most unique experiences because of this connection. And I'm so grateful for it. You're
1: gonna experience some cool shit, man. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie; it's gonna be fun. I've
0: already experienced it, but I'm glad
1: that you're gonna be able to experience it. That's well, it's what it's It's definitely not popular. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. Yeah, setup runs like a good setup like fifteen to sixteen thousand dollars. So it's like for someone to get into it, it's not cheap got it and you don't want to
0: cheap out on it no
1: no i'm gonna answer your questions because everyone's watching this no you do not cheap out on it you, yeah. you get training you do not self-teach yourself and, and you don't cheap out on it yeah, don't follow my you bottom. don't have money don't get into it go get a wing and practice kiting so you can learn the fundamentals and when you want to do it by all means
0: what can go horribly wrong when you're in the air
1: um so it's typically going to be nine times eight times out of ten it's going to be pilot error pilot error not checking the weather before you go up not rain um, you typically want to stay between six to 12 mile an hour winds. Um, you can fly more when you become a little bit more talented, but the second you take a collapse, you need to know what to do in, in terms of a collapse and how to, how to recapture that and reinflate the wing. So that's kind of the scariest things is uh, a collapse. The second scariest things, if you live out West are going to be mountain ridges. Um, cause you have these sharp, sharp winds that are coming 40 miles an hour. And it's depending on the angle or shape of the mountain, it comes up, it rides the ridge. And if you're like that's how paragliders ride the ridge. the The wind comes up and they just let it flow right into their glider and they continue to soar. But on a paramotor, if you're going at it, whatever the case may be, um, it hits you and you get a collapse or it throws you. And it'll, it'll. You, there's some videos out there of people getting screwed up because they don't go out in inclement weather. So just low wind days, harder launches, harder, faster landings, amazing flights. More wind, stupid easy takeoffs, stupid easy landings, slower flights, but also a little bit sketchier flights. So people like more wind because it's super easy to go off the ground and land. I'd much rather run a little bit farther and land a little bit faster and have a way more beautiful fight. Flight.
0: Got it. So you're ever up there and you're just this isn't the play. I gotta get back.
1: Yeah, two weekends ago I did it at the Willington Air Park right there north of Pompano Beach. Um, a client of mine, I was showing him actually I had him paraglide for a little bit, like just practice like the kiting. He got drugged to the ground a couple of times. Kinda funny. Um, but I I went up and it was it was like it was unsafe. I was not I shouldn't have gone up, but I wanted to show everyone in that really rich community what it was like because none of them would ever see them. They all just fly nice jets and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you know, it's, the weather's kind of strong. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. It's, it is a little strong, but we'll see what we can do with it. And I get up, and um, I should have known right off my takeoff. I'm like, oh, shit. this is." So I get off the ground, and the wind just takes me up like 100, 150 feet in like five seconds. It just pulls me up, and I just keep lifting. There's was no – go, I'm going was, backwards. Too. Was everyone I'm, like <gasps> – they did get sketched. Oh, they yeah. thought you were just doing your thing. They thought I was doing my thing at the same time. They didn't know. So they were like, oh, shit. Um, but I, <laughs> I went up, and then um, I pretty much landed almost coming backwards slowly. So I landed in, in basically reverse. It was sketch, but it was fun. It was cool. I knew when to come down right away. I'm
0: like, all right, I just got to get this thing back down. So making sure the conditions are super fire, checking, you just check weather.com, or there's certain... So there's
1: um, an app. I, I use UAV radar. Most people use Windy, which they're just wind apps that let you know where the winds are at each elevation, because winds change at elevation. So 1,000 foot, it could be, I'm going to use miles per hour for most people, seven miles an hour at 3,000 feet. It could be 20 miles an hour at 10,000 feet or 12,000 feet. It could be 45 miles an hour. You don't, you don't know the winds aloft. It's called winds aloft. So at different elevation, you have different winds. Got it. So any pilot, any, anybody that flies helicopters or anything aviation related, everyone knows what winds are uh, winds aloft are. And some people that drive boats, do know what that means? Do you need like a radar when you're up there? There's no license required with the sport. Just because there's no license doesn't mean you don't need to get training. Class G airspace is like general. It's everyone. You don't need comms. You don't need ADS-B. ADS-B is a module that allows people to talk in and out and for people to be able to see you on their little uh, Garmin 530, which is in a plane. So you could see other little planes flying around or whatever has a module to send out a signal so you could see, oh, look, there's someone at this elevation. It'll show exactly the elevation plus or minus where you're flying at. I don't need that because I'm in, I'm in G airspace. It's uncontrolled airspace. There's no need to talk to a tower. There's no need for any of that stuff. If you're in any of those areas, then yes, Absolutely. So no, no general airspace, you're, you're golden, you're fine.
0: And then how much weight can you take on those things?
1: You can take as much as you're limited to your carrying on the ground. How much weight can you carry on your body? The wing will handle it. Just get a wing that's ready to take more. And so, uh, most I've gone up with was like
0: 65 pounds, which was kind of heavy to run with the one wheel and some gear. Me and my uh, cousin used to do battle bots when we were really young and by battle bots, we would just buy remote controlled cars or in my sense, a tank and we would just put like a hammer on it or like a saw (laughs) and we would make a course and we would just fight to the death and whoever would have to survive would survive oh that's sick i remember watching Battle Watch growing up
1: too those things were legit i just saw a video on youtube of like people that are still doing it i'm like wow these new ones are sick they're so
0: sick they're way more capable than the old ones the advances advancements in robotics is out of control it is and there's so much fun stuff to do on that whole front especially just as technology increases like what's going to happen to all the sports that have existed today as everything just evolves i think social media as a whole has pushed sports to the next level like i i grew up skate like not grew
1: up but like i skateboarding has been a big part any board i've done every board sport besides sandboarding and, and skateboarding has been a bigger part of my life and seeing like all sports progress i think social media has pushed the envelope even faster like especially like the uh like the red bull solos runs for um the downhill mountain biking out in utah and stuff like that where they go down those massive crazy ravines but back to the social media aspect it allows people to see what's doable and, and capable of being done kind of thing versus oh, i wonder if this is doable No, you just search it it's been done this is how they do it this is how they set their feet up this is how many tries to take this is how they fall like you get to watch every other person's errors so you know what to expect going into it versus learning it all from scratch on your own so it's just pushing the envelope faster than anything's ever been before, at least in the sense of sports. Like You can learn pickleball faster by just watching people online and how they play, how they move. Obviously, doing it yourself and whether or not how athletic you are is going to play a huge role into it. But any sport you kind of do, you can kind of get a glimpse of what it's going to be like and educate yourself before you go there versus not having that ability to do so.
0: Which in that whole wrap-up is just... Are completely applicable to anything out there literally cooking um, sales anything the business right? yeah huge any industry you want to get in if you find three to five of your top competitors or the top people that are already doing it right now yeah just look at what they're doing but how lazy are you because anyone can watch a video anyone can
1: do any of these things but how committed or motivated are you to actually capitalize on knowing what to do
0: my favorite thing i feel that as you get older and off that point is that I never feel bad about sharing ideas because it doesn't matter. You can share an idea a million times, but most people just won't execute on it. Mm-hmm. So you can tell everyone your idea. And the question is, is, are you going to do it? Are you going to set it up? Are you going to make it happen? That's why I didn't, per- there's the answer to that question. That's why I
1: didn't do personal training. Cause I literally, I, I did help three or four people and they stopped listening after about a month, month and a half. And then I stopped coaching them. And they got pissed at me and I go, oh, there's no reason to be pissed at me. You should be pissed at yourself because you quit on yourself. And I'm not here to help someone that's willing to quit on themselves. I'll, I would help you back if you're willing to commit, but you're not. And, that, and that's one of my biggest issues, is people not committing to things and not having the, the self-drive to get up and push yourself. If you're getting paid to be that person to coach someone and um, like you're their motivator as well, sure, then that's your job as well. But you, if you're not self-motivated, it becomes very hard to do a lot of things in life and you know move quicker and achieve things faster, I, th- I personally think. In another world,
0: you would have made a great seal.
1: I've been told that so many freaking, t- hate. not cockily, confidently, I've been told that by so many people. They're like, yeah, you would have been special forces or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not Jocko Wilk or whatever, any of those guys. Like Those guys are hard. David Goggins, by no means. Do I have the mental capacity to kind of go to that level? Yes, within reason. But I'm not destroying my body to the extent that some of these guys did. But yeah, we can absolutely push some of those envelopes for sure. Yeah. Still can, young, right? 27 years old, we can still knock some stuff 27.
0: out. That's one thing I'm, I'm loving about just aging. I just love the way the world looks in my eyes. I've just see everything so different than I've never have before and the best way possible, you know? And
1: you met so many people, you get to see a lot of how they live their life, their perspective, whether it's for money or no money at all, or middle class and how people, how hard they work, how hard ish they work and
0: how hard they did work to get where they're at and how little they have to work. Now it's, so many different levels of life, right? So true. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating because we're all just making our own experience on this earth. I
1: guess the biggest way I've been able to avoid the chaos, emotion, whether it be happy or any of those emotions um, has been just living. My My brain's always been in constant chaos of like, what am I doing next? What am I doing? Like I, can't, I have ADHD really bad. I can never sit still kind of thing. Um, and I'm always just focusing on not the next best thing, but just what am I doing next? What's my next objective? What's my next big thing. What's the next milestone? What do I want to, what do I want to break? What record? I mean, my mind just goes from a million miles an hour from uh, from, uh, from thing to thing to thing. And I'm just like, what, what, what's the next break record and work just killed me the last year. So now I'm like back to like, all right, you saw that video. That's how you found me. And I'm like what's next what am i doing what am i scheming to like plot next like the next big one i guess hopefully nobody watched paramotor on here but flying from miami or key west to cuba on the paramotor and then flying from uh, fort lauderdale to bahamas so those will be the next two flights no one's made a cross water flight that far ever in the history of the sport for the last 40 years so that'll be cool and then seeing how high eventually it's gonna be hard but how high i can fly up and around mount everest i think that'd be sick this is paramotoring world. I want to do things that are physically challenging too. Like that one guy in the Netflix series, I don't want to get too off topic, but that guy that did the 12 summits and I'm like, I could do that shit, but I have a job. I'm like, I could do this, but I have a job. Like, God, I'm like, it's, I don't want to copy anyone. I want to do like, you want to create your own as well. So, it sucks. Sometimes you have to reinvent the wheel and just come up with your own thing. So kind of take ideas, blend them how you want. I'm like, all right, this will be cool in my eyes, putting it out there like this to get into Cuba. Cause obviously right now we're having conflict with them. The way to get in there would basically be for my religious release. I'm a Christian at heart. So like, I'm like, Oh, I'm just doing a documentary on, you know, religion and blah, blah, blah. And that's how I wanted to get over there. And that's kind of like my ticket in over there to get to land there.
0: There's yeah, so many it, people that hear that and are just like, why are you thinking like that? <laughs> I don't know. And you're, the answer is, y- you can't help it. It's who no, you are. I can't, honestly. I see other people doing it. And I'm like,
1: I'm only young once and I'm probably only able-bodied till I'm like 55, 60 to be doing crazy shit. But you're strategic. You're not reckless. You study. You do your research. I, I like to think with logic more than emotion. You're calculated. Calculated risks are very good risks, not uncalculated. Yeah. Yeah. Be
0: a risk taker, be calculated. I mean, you you're still taking a risk risk is still in the word right so you said you've been in the fitness world for 12 years was there like an experience that kind of launched you into this way of thinking
1: i got in the fitness world because i wrestled for so long um
0: wrestling got me into obviously fitness because what do you do after that was there an experience that you had that got you into this thought process of trying extreme sports to a whole new level you mentioned you were doing skateboarding. You did almost every board sport. Every every yeah, board sport. No, dude, I liked. I just wanted to try
1: everything under the sun. Like I did rock climbing. I was on American Ninja Warrior. I did that. Oh, you did. Yep. How was that? Yeah, it was four years ago. It was good. I made it past first round. Made it to the second round, where you actually started to get televised. Didn't do good on that. I ended up having like a little ankle issue, um, and then I did a couple other American Ninja Warrior. Comp- I mean, I've done. A, I've done a lot of. Sh- I've done a lot of shit, dude. I've been around the block, but I want to do more. Like I want to learn more sports. I want to do. I, the only thing I will never touch. it's free solo rock climbing i'm good on that i I would do like a hundred foot wall it's probably it i'm not nope nope not for me thank you good on that hard pass what was your closest near-death experience in your life um once was on a longboard getting towed behind a car i hit like 43 miles an hour speed wobbles you know what happens next um land and my head was probably four foot from a sewer drain thankfully i landed in the grass i have the i have the clip of that and the second one would be So you were just
0: going forty three on the
1: the whole longboard behind a car. Like I was getting towed behind a car and trucks were just they weren't as tight as I needed to be for that speed. Um and then the second one would have been when I was free diving at Goboa cory in Ohio. I didn't think I was gonna die, but like I was like, Holy shit, I'm way deeper than I should be and there's these tubes at sixty five feet. So I go down. I'm at 65 feet, and these tubes are about 80 feet long. They're about the size of this room in terms of a circumference, maybe like 25, 20 foot, 18 feet. Swimming through it, swimming through it. It was kind of an eerie feeling. Like I don't, I have, I used to have a phobia of like dark, deep water. I didn't like it, especially by myself being down that deep. And I'm swimming through it, and I get to the end. I didn't have a panic attack, but I like was looking at am like, oh shit! Like and my heart rate started because I created it in my in my own head. My heart rate started to race, and I was like on the way up, and I got to the top, and I was like. Gasping, being for air on that one and then i got stuck also free diving one time um inside of a boat i dove into the back of it this this space i shit you not is like swimming through like one of these like little you got shelf free diving yeah, literally like this size and i had to pivot my way around and you got three foot fins on so i had to pivot my way around this corner reach my other arm undo my belt while i'm underwater i'm only 20 feet down but i'm still in, in a boat and um i come around the corner and my my other my ankle gets stuck with the fin i take off my fins they're both in the boat now and i'm down there for like a minute minute and 10 this is a normal dive i've done this little type gap like 10 times in my life and just just this time i got stuck and i was cocky i went down quick and no nope, no nope, barely made it out of that one but no i've never had any near death like uh and then grease last one grease um there Damn, was that, a, that free diving one sketch free diving Any anytime you get stuck free diving it's scary because you're holding your breath yeah uh free um i was doing parkour out in greece i used to do like uh parkour yeah yeah parkour right everyone makes fun of it now but it is a freaking hard sport and i just know you know that it's a legit uh, yeah out in uh brody Santor-
0: something used to do that's like legendary. yeah brody Pawson. yeah yeah, yeah. He's legend
1: i did that's literally where we're going right now is this is the gap that he made almost with flying colors he failed twice i went to santorini to go do the same gap that he did i ran i jumped across my foot clipped i have the video of this my foot clipped the the, the ledge where you take off from i almost broke my big toe and I barely made the, like it was like 14 feet or 15 feet to the other building. And there was like a 25, 30 foot drop in between. So you you were able to hold, I, I landed on my feet to the other building. I kicked the wall. So like I'm running, running, you, you running cleared. and I kicked the wall. My other foot jumped off and I had to land like over here on this building. That was like 15, 16 feet away. How big was the gap? 15, 16 feet. Shit. Like it's far, dude. It's from like here to like your kitchen door but it drops in elevation. Do you have four squad foot. with you? Huh? Do you have like a squad with you? My sister was what, videotaping me. I don't know what sports next. We'll see. I started picking up pickleball. I saw you were showing you at the courts and I was like, well,
0: pickleball is so fun to me because I met this guy who's a uh, NBA ref he's freaking amazing. And I, we were always trying to play tennis, but he's always traveling. And he's like, yo man, you want to play pickleball? I'm like, what's pickleball? And he's like, yo, just meet us at the courts. And I'm like, great. And I get there. He's like, yo, I'm actually like, I'm not gonna be there for an hour. Just ask for Chef Mike. I'm like, Chef Mike? He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I just show up. I'm like, hey, is someone here named Chef Mike? And he's like, I'm, I'm Mike. And um, Chef Mike then gave me an hour lesson as if I paid him. Oh shit! And uh, we then played doubles the rest of the night and just crushed everyone. And now Chef Mike's like best friend. He's That's the, one of my favorite people I've ever met in this world. And now we're doing a whole cooking series together through Damn Good Day. Yeah. There's so many cool people that play pickleball. It's crazy. Yeah. it's like, Oh my God, dude. It's crazy. Yes, it is. It's. Because, like, when you go to the like gym, golf. when I go to the gym, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not. No. You know, no. I have my AirPods in. in. Yeah, you're in the zone. But in pickleball, you're almost forced to shake someone's hand before you play and then when you after. It's like, good game, good game. Yeah. Hey, what's your name? Oh, my name's here. Boom, boom, boom. And then you see the same people showing over up and on over. the courts. And it's this community. It's awesome. I love athletic sports that force you into these communities. It's still sick that you free dive. Like that's in the back of my head. I'm like, you free dive. I'm like,
1: I relate to you because you free dive. That's if you tough. didn't free dive, I'd be like, ah, oh, he's a cool guy. I'm like, but you free dive. And I'm like, sick. So I have respect for people that do sports that are difficult. A that's lot of respect. I mean,
0: I'm not even that great at free
1: dive. You don't have to be. You do it. But people, it's so. people fun. can't even go twenty feet down because they get scared. Because like, I can't. I can't do it. Can't do it. Done. Nothing. Oh, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally down. I gotta get you up to the. Springs. I definitely
0: don't love deep sea scuba diving though. I don't really find that exhilarating. Depth on scuba is no, I just don't find whatever it, exhilarating, it doesn't uh, do you anything.
1: You it's just, just you got safety checks and all that stuff kind of annoying. All that gear is annoying. Diving with sharks was sick. Have you
0: done that yet? we've i mean sharks have been around when have you f- chum the water and dove with sharks and got to
1: touch them push them no, away when they were coming that. at you, you got to do that right out of jupiter Ocean ramsey stuff right out of jupiter yeah she's sick right she's out of, so right sick. out of jupiter florida kimmy's go do it. yeah
0: Kimmy, kimmy's nuts she's she's a beast yeah she's she's dope but my buddy josh he would love because he's he's my chiropractor friend and he, he bought this this little boat and we just go out on pompano and the, it's typically two or three of us and chum the water and we take sardines down with us and it's freaking awesome i've never spearfished yet i haven't done pelagics yet oh you haven't
1: no oh I, really no like my roommate's obsessed with fishing so my 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 cousin mikey runs a charter out of uh, key largo he's got like a 34 foot boat he'll take you over to the bahamas too on day trips but um i just got into fishing i don't really like fishing but i like catching big fish because it's a challenge um but spearfishing
0: i'm like Ready to go.
1: Ready to get my gun. Go whenever. Like, fishing is the coolest thing. Yeah, right? I'm. So,
0: it's like I, real life Pokemon. You're down there. You have so no sick. clue what's gonna show up. Well, you know, with free diving. Yeah, I've actually never free dove without a spear gun. I've only done it with sear really? guns. Yeah. Sear
1: so guns is next it's harder than free diving, I believe, in my eyes, because there's a lot more things going on, especially once you get something and you put it to your side, you gotta let the right dynamic of now you're being hunted for whatever's on you.
0: But it's actually better to start just free diving before spear fishing. I would I would I
1: would think so. The fundamentals of how to hold yeah. yeah. And then you add the variable. But you're if you already got it and you're doing what you're doing, then you're going back to the other stuff without a spear gun is going to be a lot easier.
0: I took a free diving course with Errol Putigna. Uh, ero putigna freediving for anyone listening check him out he's amazing um still has yet to come on the podcast but says he was like a thousand times he will one day for show for show but basically i took his course and we did the um on the day two you do the static breath holds first time i did the breath it was like a minute and 10 seconds second time was a minute and 40 Mm -hmm. third time i got two and a half crazy. it just keeps you once you learn the technique mind 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 until you black
1: out your mind will, you know
0: but it's interesting with freediving because if you black out like you're still technically fine Mm -hmm. as long as you're being safe like it's crazy i know that sounds crazy for listeners but your your body's built to protect itself
1: yep you don't want to black out all the time but by all means yeah you can black out and you're not gonna be like oh shit i just damaged so many brain cells like no. no 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 your body has a fail safe like you're good yeah. built in there just like the mammalian dive reflex you put your body in colder water your heart rate lowers you're able to dive longer hold your breath longer i mean it's an instinctive thing that we've lost over time because no one does any of this stuff
0: mammalian dive reflex is so badass it's so no so, one even knows the hell that is so when you put
1: anything any part of your forehead or your face gets cold water you're you're able to actually enhance a lot of your abilities and breath holding and dive not dive just breath holding lowering your heart rate yeah that's wild anything water related it's kind of kind of scary you like cave diving
0: though clearly you do you have that
1: i like cave free diving yeah i want to do scuba cave diving yeah i'm not like scared of it like i'm a big fan of having extra oxygen for sure um but it doesn't scare me i think it's kind of interesting do i find it like the most enjoyable thing like i already know the outcome other people have done it but at the same time i don't want to do uh cave diving where people haven't done explored the cave because then you're the first person i'm like no 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 let you go first like i'm good i'll experience it after but i'm not scared of like it collapsing. or if it if it happens it's meant to be unfortunately but no that's not like my go-to thing no but i do like free diving into a little bit of caverns tight spots i like that stuff that's yeah yeah. i mean
0: that's that's okay but i i like free diving where you can still somewhat see
1: light i need to see the light i like light i I appreciate light i respect the light i love it so it's like there's home right there you can still within a vision like that's why i like buford if you ever come up there it's an hour and a half drive from my house. You can see all the way to 95 feet, straight clear daylight. And then when you when you dive to 130, if you can free dive that deep, um, you can still see the light. But How deep can you free dive? I just broke it last week, and 109 feet was like the most I've ever gone to. Damn. So before that, it was like 89 or 91. So,
0: But I know I can go. My goal's probably going to be the 200 mark. My deepest was 62 when I took my course. It's still pretty deep. Felt like such a gangster after. That's was dude, like, most um, people can't go that deep. That was crazy. We
1: can't go past ten. It wasn't me. an
0: enjoyable sixty two. i wasn't like I can chill here. I was like, I'm gonna get up. Let me get up quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, free diving sick, man. Um
1: I don't know. I don't know what sports next. I'm actually gonna make a YouTube video. I, I I'm looking for a videographer that I can take and it's gonna take me probably a month project, but I wanna um, showcase every sport that I've ever done all in one video, 25 minutes. I'm just going to pick 25 sports and I'm going to try to see like what level I'm at at each one of these sports and just make like a collage of all of them. Like, doing the hardest movements in all of those sports for 25 sports. That would be sick. So that's, I just want something from like when you were younger and you can look back and be like, I tried all this. Like, yeah, look, look, look kids. Like this is what I used to do when I was younger, blah, blah, blah. So I need to do something like that. Oh, you know, my mind's always just been, how can you become the most versatile athlete out there? Like that's, that's always been the epitome for me. It's what makes you the most versatile athlete. That's it. In every category being smart, clever, logical, athletic, strong, fast agility. Like, being a good, genuine human being at the end of the day as well, like every attribute, like, and then just becoming the most versatile and then also pushing past barriers that have never been passed. And that's what I wish I could just live to do versus having to make money all the time. And unfortunately it's a world we live in where you got to make money. So So true. Yeah.
0: Unless you can figure out a way to turn all of that into the into the, into a money-making thing. And it will. And and I think just
1: having a lot more money in in like a two year time span, still being young enough and then taking that money and be like, all right, well now I can go ahead and focus on what you just said.
0: Well, it's so interesting too. being young, being our age where number one, you don't need much to be extremely happy. That's no. the coolest part. Like you roof over your head, some food and some savings and you're pretty fired up. Like when I got this house, like my life changed. I'm just like, I, I kind of don't need anything else in this world. Like I'm so grateful. Like, yeah, we're good. I got the place with the homies to come and we can have fun and I can have parties and it's great. It's like everything else is 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 gravy Extra. and if, for a rainy day or figuring things out, right? Yeah. But at some point you have to decide like what is it that you want to do with the life? What is it? What is it you want to spend your time doing?
1: I could tell you one thing and probably people with money will might say the same, is I think money definitely does not make you happy at all. It'll bring you experiences that are probably bring great memories, but it'll never be the sole reason for happiness, I think. And that's just true. It's just it's facts. Every every person that doesn't have money will always say money will make me so happy. It's like no, it will not. It will not i promise you experiences with good people are like what i honestly live for like having good memories good times with genuine people that are like my buddies will ask me like dude what's like you know what makes you happy i'm like honestly dude i remember this one time we all went golf we got pretty drunk at the golf course and i remember like that day being fun as shit and i don't even like golf Mm -hmm. but it was fun with the homie like it was a good day that was memorable like shit
0: like that like simple shit i do love how as you get older you start to just think about things so much differently. Like one amazing breakthrough I've had recently is there's always been some piece of me deep inside that kind of thought I was inadequate to build my own business and be this, you know, sort of like the type of people I interview on my podcast all the time. You know, part of me just believed I was kind of like faking it till I made it instead of like being it till you become it. Or just, I I just always kind of doubted myself and more than ever before my confidence in my own ability has been through the roof and the results have shown. And I think a big reason is number one, at some point you realize that it becomes harder not to do it than to do it. And I'm talking about building the business, doing the ice bath, eating the right food, doing these things. It becomes harder, to not go on Fiverr and source the right people, to not get your website built, to not do the course. It becomes harder to not start cigars.com, to not do these partnerships with athletes. It becomes harder sitting there knowing that you can do it, that you're fully capable of doing it and you're not doing it. Eventually when you hit that point, I feel like, it no longer becomes this thing of, oh, I have to work. It becomes this thing of, I have to just serve what I need to do to achieve sanity. (laughs) Yeah. I think the fear of
1: not, I think the the regret of not attempting to try something that you didn't think you were capable of is huge for me. Like the regret of not doing it. Like I built a clothing line when I was 21 years old and I just didn't have the funds to keep it going. Like it was blowing up. I was making money, but I was in college and I was just like, this isn't flying, dude. This is just too much overload. And I I wish I would have had a different mindset at that age, but I don't regret it. I learned. And now I know, Hey, I'm fully capable. And the biggest thing I take away like every day now is betting on yourself. Like I, like I said, I just literally quit my job on Saturday because I didn't agree with the split other kind of things like that. Yada, 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 whatever. You can make a lot more money on your own doing it. But I was like, literally I quit. I'm like, I told my buddy Jack who does it on his own. He makes good money, like a million, million and a half a year as a 26 year old kid is good money for him. So and I was, and he's told me the same thing. He's like, dude, the second I started doing it on my own, um, I bet on me a hundred fucking 10%, just like I did for being a pitcher for baseball. He's like, I came out of he came out of New York too. And, um, he's just like, no one from New York makes it as a pitcher. Like, and then he moved to North Carolina and I was just like, you're not wrong, dude. Betting on yourself is a hundred percent. Like you, you have to mean it though. Don't just say I bet on me. No, it's like, I bet on myself like a hundred percent. You're not gonna, it's not a competitive thing to other people. It's just like, you can't let your alter ego beat you on saying you can't do this. You're not capable of doing this, that, that kind of thing.
0: Well, being a own business owner at some point becomes necessary, mm-hmm. especially once you're in sales, because eventually you realize that you could work your ass off doing the same amount of work to make 10% the commission. Mm-hmm. Then if you did the same amount of work, the same actions, you're going to have higher level conversations, almost even more relaxed conversations. Cause you're typically dealing with more higher level people because of the, your ability to just, portray that you're also at that level yeah and the the rewards are 10x it's
1: crazy yeah grand cardone and it's it's more exciting and it's more exciting too you know and and the risk is all on you as well which kind of gives you that that exhilarating feeling too it's like it's all on you dude it's that you go home you're responsible for what you make or what you don't make you didn't work that day you you didn't get paid that day or you didn't work towards getting paid that day which is sick i i love that making yourself uh what do you want to call it what do you call it Making yourself responsible for, there's a different word for it, but I'm not even going to think of it. I can't even think of it right now.
0: Responsible for all your actions.
1: Yeah. Or, kind, of, kind of thing like that. Different word, but along those lines. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like you eat if you work.
1: Kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I mean, I've, I really am grateful for network marketing. I got in direct sales when I was nine, uh, 20 and someone texted me saying, I have something you'd be dank at. And I don't know if I was selling drugs, but I was down. And uh, it turned out it was <laughs> VEMA, V-E-M-M-A. Okay, And I got into Vima and had a great run in 13 and a half months, hit a six figure income, speaking on all these stages. Life was so crazy. Did you
1: enjoy that? What was speaking on stages for like, or how was speaking on stages like for you?
0: It was exhilarating. Were you nervous first time? I always get nervous. I get nervous before a podcast. I get nervous before a sales call. I get nervous for any time I ever do pretty much anything. Really? uh, Because I care and getting ner- Yeah. hundred percent. I, I walked care. in here. I was nervous for this too. Yeah, I, I care. I'm like, I want it to go good. You know, I don't want it to, I don't want to fumble the bag, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I get nervous, but it, it's exhilarating afterwards. Yeah. It's exhilarating when you just lay it, like you put it all out there and people actually liked it.
1: Dude. Yeah. That's it's crazy. That's just, like when I put that 17,500 video, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, this is going to blow up. And I didn't think I'm like, Holy shit. I got 7 million views. I'm like, all right. dope. like and then I started creating other crazy videos flying into the Bermuda triangle. It's crazy. doing 7 this, million that, views. I, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm humble for it, honestly. Like thank for ev- everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It was sick. And then it's just like, what can I do next? I know it worked. What can I do next? Right. Like that pushes me to go ahead and push the envelope. Not saying I need that motivation, but it's cool to get rewarded for doing something you didn't even expect to get rewarded for at the same time. You also enjoyed and lived through something so wild. I'm going to do it again. honestly, I'm going to see if I can legally go up to 20,000. I think it'd be cooler. So, but I don't, I'm over the, like I'm not
0: over it, but I don't want to be associated with just, Oh, you're the paramotor guy. I'm like, no, gosh, damn it. No, you just epitomize living life to the fullest, taking chances, exploring the world, conquering your fears, doing things different, challenging yourself. And you do it with no ego. You're just this guy. That's trying to be the best version of yourself. And it's cool.
1: Yeah, competitiveness drives me not trying to be better than anyone, just trying to be better than myself So
0: something we always ask on every show uh, no matter where you've come from or what your background is Is if you could go back in time oh, shit. and the current you at 27 could have talked to maybe you at 16 And you could have said listen, man, you know I'm gonna say one two or three things that could have saved you a ton of time money heartache headache And naturally, a lot of times people say I would have invested in Bitcoin or they would have said I wouldn't have told myself anything because it made me who I am today, which is a great answer. But let's not use that. What are maybe some lessons, the things that you would have told yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm like the second answer. Obviously, that's great. Like, just let things roll how they were and how they ended up. But honestly, uh, stick with soccer. I would have gone my 100 percent promise you I would have gone pro in soccer if my my dumb ass didn't flunk out with grades, like not caring about school. That's where I would have been. I know guaranteed. I played for 16 years. Like there's no i was soccer not cocky but i was confident like i was i was i was on so many different teams for travel and always getting picked to go play like i was good at soccer yeah soccer or football if i would have actually played football and been a little bit bigger but regardless no it wasn't a money thing ever back then or i wish i would have invested in any of this stuff no no none of that just picked a sport and actually stuck to that one damn sport versus trying four different sports all the time like playing four seasons like i should have stuck with one sport and played it the entire way through trained off season on that sport and just gone pro in something that's what i should have done yeah i wish i just played high school hockey I know it's so simple but yeah just but it didn't end up that way tennis dude i would have would have played tennis but whatever
0: if i could go back i would have played tennis golf and like uh swimming or something
1: sports <laughs> you don't get hurt in yeah
0: things that you can like do and things you can do your whole
1: life you it, know? that too that's why i say you don't get hurt in those now so you can do them the rest of your life yeah
0: for sure yeah well, the great thing is, is like for you building, putting out that video, like you now have the credibility and you being that athlete to get that interview with Kimmy Swimmy, right? Or yeah. To get that experience. Um, yeah.
1: Create some sort of, brand. in my head, like fake reality of who you are because you did one thing and everyone, because of the views it gets, it's like, okay, now you're, 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 you got the accolades to go ahead and talk to this person, which sucks sometimes because people look, there's some wild people I met that have, don't even have Instagrams or don't have any followers. I'm like you're nuts. Like you're, in, you're incredible as well. Like you're a freaking insane, but no one will know. unless no one you, will know. Yeah. Unless you post the, the, the hypes of your life. Like I post, if I had sadder shit to post, I'd post it. If I had downs, I'd post more of it, but I really don't like have any bad days. I just don't allow my mind to be filtered with that kind
0: of stuff. I try I mean, you're best. the epitome of damn good day.
1: That's, I do. I've, I've used your damn shit. Like I, lo- I love it. I'm like, I'm like, it's a damn good day I have a good day. There's like 20 people that are like, dude, I like that saying where to come from. I'm like, there you go. Send, I sent him your page. Every single person, I'm like this is this is who it is. Go go check his shit out.
0: That's legit. It's sick. It's, it's cool. It's a cool way of living. So man, I, we could talk forever. Yeah. This has been real. I appreciate you for everyone listening in. How can they follow you? Where would you recommend they go? Um, YouTube, Chuck e. Wright, uh, Chucky Wright, C H U C K Y, and then like the Wright Brothers
1: of Aviation, right? and then uh, Super Chuck C W for Instagram, and then. Facebook I guess kind of pr- I don't really care it's just chuckie Wright as well. So <laughs> and for
0: everyone listening you have to hold it to us that we're going to do an in the air podcast Paramotoring. paramotoring yes not sailing not gliding paramotoring
1: not flying in an aircraft nope just we're going to paramotor for at least an hour and we we're gonna an, talk we
0: got an engine in a dream
1: yep we got earmuffs and speak and, and a mic that's going to cancel everything it's not going to be as good as his equipment but he's going to have to do the auto background editing that's going to that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> so it
0: yeah it'll be sweet It's going to happen. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. This is a damn good day to have a damn good day.